It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday. June 12th of 2020, episode number 66, broadcasting from our one-eyed Kevin James studio in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly, episode 66. Six, six. Yeah, 66. We're like 10 years away from that. Yeah, I know. We're pretty far <laughs> away from episode 666, I guess, but it's uh, close, as, close as we're going to be for now. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, how's the weekend looking for you? Uh, not much. My I have my nephew's birthday party, so I'll be going to that fifteenth birthday party. Happy so. birthday, nephew! What's his name? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Joshua. Joshua. Yep. So <laughs> going to his birthday party, and um, I don't know. Not a, not a whole lot else. Looks like it's going to be nice outside here in central Wisconsin. So. For sure. Yeah, it's actually going to be very. Uh, <clears throat> I, I not really unseasonably cool, but just like that kind of perfect weather right. that you'd find in Southern California, where, right, where exactly. I'm from. Uh, yeah, we have a get together on Saturday. Otherwise, it's going to be adulting for me. Um, <laughs> not much else going on. So let's get to horror movie news. Indeed. Bruce Campbell, during an interview with Empire, said that Lee Cronin, writer of The Hole in the Ground, has been hired to write and direct Evil Dead Now, the next film in that franchise. And that's what it's called. Confirmed uh, title for that for that uh, movie. Is he going to be in it? No. Uh, according to an io9, Campbell said that this film will have no ties to the original. Campbell is quoted in the io9 article as saying, speaking of the Evil Dead movies, from this point forward, they have to stand on their own, which is fine and liberating. You could have different heroes, different heroines in this case. This one's going to be a little more dynamic. We just want to keep the series current. And the mantra really is that our heroes and heroines are just regular people. That's what we're going to continue. I think we're on the same page, Phil Brooks slash CM Punk. Yeah, huh? yeah, huh? yeah, absolutely. I'd love huh? to see that, but uh, I think that uh, what he's saying is the um, you know the the um, Ash Williams character is kind of being retired here. So, although I've heard there's going to maybe be another season of Ash versus Evil Dead too. So Who picked that up. Was that was it Netflix after I, it was off of Stars? Yeah, I can't remember. I just I saw a headline and never got to read the article, but uh, that was a that is a rumor. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, anything with the Evil Dead on it, I'm excited to see. I, I like the uh, the other uh, movie that kind of stood alone on its own. Oh, uh, 2013 Evil Dead. Who did that one? It was um, <sighs> that was a guy from. Uh, Gosh, uh, just I'm drawing a blank. With good thing that we have the internet <laughs> yeah, in front of good us. Good thing we have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, I'll, so, I'll look it up. Anyway, uh, yeah, drive-in box office receipts show that today's movie Becky was the number one horror movie at the drive-ins, which is the only place to really see movies in the country right now. The Wretched, a movie about a boy who discovers an evil witch in a woods nearby his house, is number two at the drive-in box office, pulling in $178,186 this week. The Wretched. Um, now has reached a million. It was a close second, bringing in 162,000. So Becky brought in 178,000, um, and uh, this wretched movie brought in 162. So this is the top drive-in movies uh, this week, or horror movies, I should say. Daft Punk is going to score the next Dario Argento film entitled Black Glasses. The Electronica duo are apparently fans of Argento. Argento uh, said that the new film will be a return to crime films. So I think we're talking about a Giallo here, right? Who was it before? Goblin, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, Orange Goblin. Yeah, it was uh, Fede Alvarez. <laughs> yeah, Fede Alvarez. That's that right. Did the remake. That's who did that, the remake. That's right. 
All right. Well, the biggest news this week concerns the producer of the movie that we just reviewed, Satanic Panic, and the Sinistate Production Company, which is linked to Fangoria. On Saturday, the Daily Beast ran a, a story about Sinistate producer Adam Donahue. Audio in the story has him sexually harassing Kristen Lee Haynes, Lee Haynes, a uh, cast member of the film Occupy Texas. He was arrested April 27th also for the raping of a 16-year-old girl during the production of the movie A Ghost Story. Uh, the article, which is pretty damning, I read the whole thing, went on to further chronicle oppressive work conditions on Satanic Panic, among other films, uh, where crew members were asked to work 18 hours a day of no overtime pay. Also, on the set of Satanic Panic, the actor that was supposed to play the young man who deflowered Ruby Modine's character in the movie didn't show up, so he was replaced by a fanboy who was obsessed with Modine. So she ended up, uh, Ruby Modine ended up doing the sex scene with like basically a fanboy oh. of hers. Uh, seems a little creepy. Not a good situ- situation. So, okay, continue. On a lot fire. of people have left Fangoria in the last uh, week over this. And Donahue is being called the Harvey Weinstein of Dallas, which is uh, where all where these films are made. Right. And I, I don't remember that. I was actually going to comment on that in Satanic Panic. She's riding out of Dallas at the end there. Yeah. You can see the Dallas uh, skyline behind her. Uh Tons of podcasts. People have cut ties with Fangoria. Fangoria itself is now looking for a new buyer. Some of the names that have separated themselves from Fangoria and Cinestate include Joe Bob Briggs, Barbara Crampton, Shockwaves Podcast, Nightmare on Film Street, Postmortem with Mick Garris. I mean, all the major horror podcasts. Casualty um, Fridays. Yep. Casualty Fridays is another one. They're now operating independently. Uh, probably glad these guys didn't call us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am. I And again, you know, this just came to light like it within the past week. Right, um, right. Well, this guy was arrested April 27th. It, this article, this article on the Daily Beast uh, came out last weekend on uh, June 6th, I believe. So that's really what uh, what brought this to the forefront. I mean, this is a very bad situation, deservedly so. Guy is a total creep. No actor should have to put up with the kind of things he said to Kristen Lee Haynes. Uh, it's just unacceptable. That no. we will not post any kind of link to what to that audio because he doesn't deserve it. This guy is a piece of stuff, and yeah. you know I, I'm really holding myself back from cursing right now. I will say this: is that I applaud every single one of those podcast employees and everybody else that was associated with Fangoria of pulling out. It's n- disgusting. These yeah, are totally unacceptable. Th- you need to be treated like a human being. Right. It doesn't matter who you are. Right. Uh, again, I don't want to be political about this, but nobody deserves to be treated less than human. And the fact of uh, uh, you should be able to work in a safe work environment, you know, without that worry of, of being harassed or being assaulted in any way. So I kudos to them for doing what they needed to do. And, it, you know, it's absolutely disgusting and appalling of this story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it, it read the whole Daily Beast article. It's uh it is um very disconcerting, very very disgusting the the behavior this guy engaged in. And you know, I thought we were done with this after Harvey Weinstein, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't think uh, female actresses have to put up with this sort of stuff anymore, well, but and it's like like what you said about reviewing Satanic Panic last week. It's like okay, we had our opinion about it, but knowing what's going on behind the scenes, it, yeah. this is not this is not something that was filmed eight right. years ago and coming out. Now, no. this was filmed last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And this was happening? I mean, good Lord, no. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, Ruby Modine should not have to... I mean, that's just creepy. It, it is not, not cool at all, the, what they put her through in that oh film. Oh, gosh. So... 
So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, keep you up to date on uh, how that situation pans out, but uh, not looking good there. And um, I mean, I did enjoy some of these films that, that Cinestate put out. So um, yeah, and that's know, the that's, tough uh, thing. But yeah, you know, it is I'm, a tough thing. But uh, you can't support me, this kind of stuff. For me, I, and we haven't talked about this, but I feel that maybe until they really get their act together and it's disgusting i i almost want to say no fangoria movies on here well i no i don't think we'll be reviewing any fangoria movies anytime soon no i and i just i just absolutely not grossed out yeah it it is and it's really unfortunate that that name is being uh you know the fangoria name is uh wrapped up in all this it's uh you know and that's you know it is unfortunate sorry yeah so uh hope they find another another buyer that is uh, a little more uh uh, you know, has a little more ethics. Ethics so, invented for yeah, sure. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, well, anyway, we'll keep up to the end of that story as it, uh, as it, uh, find out. more out about it for yep. sure. All right. Let's take a deep breath. Let's get back into it because we're supposed to have fun here. But it was just, right. it was a really tough thing to read and hear right. about. All right. Here we go. Back to the podcast. Uh, this is horror movie trivia. How about our lead character, Lulu Wilson? Only 14 years old. But has a pretty impressive horror movie resume. Can you name at least two horror movies or shows that she's been in? Yeah. You know what? I forgot what they were already. <laughs> no, I can't. I think you're thinking of one right now. It's like moving around in your brain. Yeah. The Haunting of Hill House. She, oh, yeah, yeah, She yeah. played one of the mm-hmm. uh, younger versions of the adults in there. Right. Okay. She was also an Annabelle creation. Ouija. Oh, she was an Annabelle creation. That's yeah. right. Okay. Ouija, Origin of Evil, and Deliver Us from she was Evil. Ouija, too? Wow, okay. Yeah, the second one, I think it was. Okay, okay. Kevin James plays the villain of this movie. It does an apt job, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the Ward Melville High School wrestling team with this future WWE superstar. Da, 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 da. So I'm sure it was New York. Was it uh, Mick Foley? Mick Foley is. The, was it really? Yes, that's who he was. Mankind, Mick Foley, and he were on the uh, Ward Melville High School wrestling team in 1981. James graduated in '83, and I think Foley graduated before that. So I just pulled that out of my hat. That's nice it's one, though. Good, I, I was thinking job, of where Kevin James is from because I know mm-hmm. he's like a New York guy, mm-hmm. and I know Mick Foley's from New York, and I really couldn't think on the. T- <laughs> that's it. Mankind, yes! Mick Foley. In fact, they're in the uh, high school yearbook picture standing next to each other. That's awesome. (laughs) Kevin James looks a little jacked in that picture, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, in good shape back then. Yeah, he enjoys catering now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Andy's chainsawed plot. Okay, when four sadistic neo-Nazi prison escapees take her father and hurt his fiancé's family hostage in their summer home, 13-year-old Becky unleashes all of her pent-up rage to save their tortured captives. As most parents of a 13-year-old girl know, when you cross a teenager, there will be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, here's your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the brand new movie, Becky, from directors Jonathan Millot and Carrie Mernion, uh in its entirety. So Mernion. if you plan on, if you have not seen it, which you probably haven't, pause the podcast, go watch Becky. You can find it on Amazon Prime. I actually watched it on Vudu. Recommend you go watch it and then find out what we have to say. Initial thoughts about Becky, Andy. I loved Becky. <laughs> I thought this was a fantastic movie. I, I loved every second of it. I really, really loved this movie. 
I, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought Kevin James did a great job. Uh, it was interesting to see him as a you know as as this like repulsive character. Oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing funny about his character in this at, no. at all. You know, he is not a funny. He's not. There's no comedy uh, in this at all, as far as he goes. And, and I, uh, I really thought he did a great job in it. And same with Joel McHale. I mean, Joel McHale is. Uh, he's. Uh, there really isn't a comedy aspect to his character. He's kind of a happy-go-lucky dad at the beginning, but uh, you know, to a, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's a little. Maybe there's some funny stuff that he does in the, in the beginning but really uh and i love joel McHale by the way I, I love all these actors i think i think they do a really good job and i loved the soup i love that netflix thing that uh joel McHale did afterwards mm-hmm. um but he does a really good job you know being a uh I, I, kind of a tortured it, victim in this yeah wouldn't you say he was a light-hearted father yeah i would say in the beginning he 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 was like that i mean he was a, i think he was a pretty good dad i mean he's a he's a widow widower mm-hmm. and um you know uh so he's he's in a tough situation he's got this daughter that uh you know is is obviously having a difficult time with her mom's death mm-hmm. and uh i think all of the actors especially lulu wilson played their played their parts great in this and i don't know you know kevin james is getting a lot of junk on it but i think that has more to do with the fact that people some this isn't a movie for everybody no you know i mean this this is not this is a movie that harkens back to like an 80s death wish rambo or uh you know a movie like that where where you have black and white bad guys and this good guy is comes in to in to take them out you know yeah it's got the it it has a lot of parallels i think to die hard and rambo and death wish and here that's what i really liked about it in in my notes i seriously later on i put rambo montage it 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 is there is there's an arming montage and everything i love this movie man i i thought it was great i i enjoyed every second of it but but I like these kind of movies, so and I'll, I, I can talk, we could talk about that a little bit. Well, I think you're going to be the defender while I I've got some problems with it. Sure, I agree a hundred percent. Why Kevin James gets flack on his acting is beyond me. Yeah, um, I this is kind of a sensitive thing, especially what's going on right now in the real world. Right. I mean, if this if this movie would have coming out came out a year ago, maybe it wouldn't get the flack. I mean, there's there are problems with this movie, and it's not because of the characters. You know, I thought Kevin James was fantastic. I did like Joel McHale's character as a lighthearted dad. I had a problem with his relationship post his wife, and we'll get to that. Uh, Lulu Wilson did great. I mean, I think she's fantastic for the horror. She just seems like one of these child stars that's going to really lean into horror movies her entire life because she's already done five or six, you know, a TV show and and a, a handful of movies. Right. Um, Well, I mean, mean, okay, okay. So, you think this movie has maybe some political problems? No, no. See, I I took that out of it because because I think what the directors did is they were very sensitive. Even even you know previous to what we're experiencing now, I think they were very sensitive to. Um, not leaning into racism. Sure. You know exactly who neo-Nazis are. They're the biggest mm-hmm. pieces of trash on the planet. Right. And they don't lean into that that much. And there's a couple of lines where you're like, ooh, you cringe a little bit. Sure, yeah. Well, I think you, they want to establish how awful this guy is. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and I get it. I get it. Like, you don't want to exploit this kind of stuff for entertainment. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, we... 
I like a movie. I, sometimes I like a movie where, and too well, I should say too often, they want, you know, they have a villain who's this complex person like most villains are, you know. They aren't all bad. They aren't all good. And they got the, maybe they've been abused or whatever, and we should feel sorry for them in some way. Well, I don't, that's one of the reasons I really like horror, because we don't have to have, like, Pinhead is evil, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I guess you get a little bit of that with Jason where he's, a, a you know, been a neglected kid or whatever, and he's back for revenge. But, like, Freddy Krueger is a terrible person. You know, he's mm-hmm. evil, and you like to see him get torn apart. Right. And that's one of the reasons I like horror movies is because we can have these kind of black and white villains, and we don't have to have this, uh, you know, oh, we, you know, this is why th- we don't need to understand why they're, why they're evil and terrible. They're just terrible people. And these are terrible. All four of these guys are terrible people. And I enjoyed seeing them get slaughtered. By right, her. Exactly. They, they get their comeuppance. It's <laughs> yes. like, like, yes, they absolutely deserved it. But I you mean, know, some I, of the, I think that. The, well, go ahead. Well, it's just some of the story to me just didn't make any sense. And it's not that you watch these things for for a solid storyline. You're you want to enjoy yourself and, you know, get you know see the gore and see okay this leads to that that leads to this and then boom you have this satisfying conclusion right and it was satisfying. I mean, yeah, it was the, so satisfying. The, I mean, the Gorn stuff hit perfectly. Yes. And you're absolutely right. This and that's the, what I really liked about it. I mean, and that so often that happens in movies these days where you don't get a satisfying ending because they want to teach you some lesson or something like that about, oh. you know, how violence isn't the answer and all that stuff. And I thought they were going there and then they pivot and it was perfect. I loved it. Yeah. I just, uh, at the very ending to me, I, I, I have questions and we'll get to it. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. Like, okay. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I, I think a solid recommend from Andy. Uh, you know, I would say, yeah, I would recommend it. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, but we'll get into it. So we start the movie uh, at the end of the movie or where the end of the movie is. Uh, Becky's telling the cops that what what had happened to her. So we see flashbacks of her running through the forest uh, as if she's like some sort of victim, which she is for a little while. And then we get to this kind of weird title sequence where it's like Becky written all different ways. And yeah, the title sequence was interesting, I guess. It was it was like a the way a 13 year old girl might write her name in a notebook. Yeah, exactly. different ways with colored pencils pens, and stuff like that. I was kind of it, it was definitely a, uh, you know, a lot of times they contrast things in, in horror movies. And that was a contrast to what the like this flowery stuff in this notebook with yeah. uh, little unicorns and things like that was a lot different. Jars and hearts. Yeah, a lot different than what the, the little girl we uh, end up with at the end of this movie. <laughs> That's so. exactly right. Uh, so we go to two weeks earlier. Uh, so two weeks previous to when Becky's talking to the cops or what looks like to be the cops. Um, I kind of like the cinematography on this of, of switching back and forth between the prison and the school. Yeah, I, I think they drew like they did draw some kind of they, they really edited that well. Like they drew some kind of conclu- or um, comparison between Becky and him, like what they were doing. Oh, yeah. Like she was in this school. So it was like an institution. He's in an institution, too, you know, and uh, I think she kind of felt like a prisoner. And, you know, the bell gets her out and he escapes. So, it's well, I, I kind of saw I kind of saw it like they were it was parallel because mm-hmm. she he wasn't any part because there was this fight on the ground on the, right. in the prison. There was a fight in the school and they were like observers. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that was different was uh, Kevin James's character, Dominic, hands a guy a shank so right. he can, you know, finish this thing up. That's when the principal or the teacher says, hey, stop that. You guys are going to get hurt or right. whatever. Right. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a really, 
really kind of a cool edit the the way they did that i thought that was uh that was pretty cool how they edited those two sequences together right and there were these parallels between them and i think you know i and and that was one i guess that was one thing that concerned me is that where they were trying to go with that yeah in the beginning i was like what is she i i don't know you know i I thought maybe they were trying to say that she was uh, uh i don't know um, I don't know what they were. I, I, I was. I don't know what I was concerned about. What they were trying to say, but uh, that they, she was actually edited. bad. Like yeah, like, like, like she was bad. Yes, yeah, well, that's see, exactly. You it. got that vibe a couple of times in the movie. You did. You did. And and I I was concerned about where they were going with that. By by the end of the movie, I was very very uh, very satisfied with where it went. Um, so that yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a neat way to inter intertwine these two people that are going to end up meeting at the uh at the end of this movie yeah. so uh, I, I did like the transition of that though i mean the, yeah the i did way, too the way it uh-huh. did that um joel McHale, yeah Jeff, picks her up picks her up from school for mm-hmm. you know whatever reason you find out later um you know it's i think it was a little little melodramatic of of i i get teenage angst and i get she was upset about her her mother passing away yeah but i think they just played way too much into it of like her attitude she's got her headphones on she's playing with their dogs <laughs> do you remember being 13 I, I i do i do but i was terrible to my parents when i was 13 so you would say you were more like becky i think i was a lot like becky when i was 13 i, I don't know i didn't kill anybody but uh, you know, i bet i was capable of it back then uh-huh, maybe <laughs> so i maybe i don't know i mean like to me it just seemed a little melodramatic as far as like yeah. attitude. well they're they're showing that there's this rift between them you know yeah uh, and uh, you know she does the whole. I think um, a lot of people say this uh, embarrassingly later in their life uh, uh, to their parents that they hate them. And you know I'm I said that to my parents. I know that. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think I ever went that. I, I know I was a pain no, in the butt. No, I don't think I went that far. Oh, I was the worst. And thirteen was probably my worst age. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible age for me. So. Um, but yeah, they, so he basically, uh, her father tells her that, uh, they're going up to the, uh, the cabin or this kind of lake house yes. that they have, which she's excited about because she's concerned that they're going to sell this because yeah, this she, is kind of their, her mom's in her place. Yeah. She was most concerned about that. And, and like through this, even cause this is like the first 15 minutes of the movie is, you know, that's the first time you see her smile. Right. It's cause she, he, he looks at her and says, we're not selling it. We're keeping it. Right. Um, right. we also, we also get a look at Dominic's crew cause they're getting, uh, they're getting transferred. I think you know you don't really find out why they're getting transferred, right? But it's Dominic. It's uh, Apex. Mm-hmm. That dude used to be a wrestler. You know that he was. Yeah, that's right. He's a big dude. Yeah, he is. He's a got huge no neck. guy. I could tell he was a wrestler. Just um, yeah, I forgot his wrestling name. But he's been yeah, in a few movies so far. Um, who is it? It's uh, it's Dominic. It's Apex. Cole and Hammond are the. That's it. Those are the other two. So they're getting transferred. There's another guy in there with them. Uh, he uh, uh, Apex chokes the other guy out so it stops, and then mm-hmm. it cuts back to they're getting to the cabin. Everything's good. Right. And then what? Uh, well, Joel McHale also tells her that. Well, I guess when they arrive at the cabin is when Joel McHale tells her that his uh, fiance, well, his girlfriend at the time, is going to be showing up. 
Well, she just shows up. It's yeah, Kayla. She shows up. Kayla. And that's and where I guess when he waits to tell her. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so Kay- he hasn't Kayla. been able to bring himself to tell her because, well, she's been in her headphones and been a uh, kind of a pill the whole trip up here. Yep, exactly. So he, you know, and, and his uh, girlfriend is, is a little upset about this. His girlfriend, um, played by Amanda Bruegel, is a. Uh, uh, a African American woman. She's got her uh, child with her. Ty and Ty. Yep. It's Kayla and Ty. And um and uh, she says uh, says uh, this says as much to him. She's like, "You didn't bother to tell her, did you?" <laughs> I tried. <laughs> and Becky runs off. I think at this point and into the woods or whatever. Um. So uh. Then uh, they have dinner. And they announced that they're engaged at that point. Yes. Which, uh, uh, we just missed the part, though, where the the four guys. Oh, yeah. They, okay. They set up the roadblock. That's right. You know, some so innocent. They take, their, they take the prison guards uniforms. Yeah. yeah so they, they basically do. set up a roadblock and um, I guess they're just trying to get a vehicle. Right. Um, this guy, innocent guy, just steps out. Um, two kids in the back. He's got so, two kids in the back. So yeah. uh, Dominic. What does he do? Just stab him or something like that? Yeah, I think Dominic stabs the dad, and then you see Apex, who's the giant guy. Dominic orders him to kill the kids. Yeah, and they don't do that on screen. Well, but, yeah, they don't do it on scene. But it's Dom- implied very, you know, it's implied, and it's it's still a pretty terrible. So you get the idea these guys are awful. Yeah. I mean, these are reprehensible human beings that, you know. Well, Apex is moving in on these kids, and they're yeah. terrified, and then yeah. it cuts to the next yeah, scene. Yeah, it cuts so, to the next so, scene. So it makes, you, like, it makes your stomach drop. It totally does. Uh, it's, it's a gut-wrenching scene Yeah, Dominic's, without showing any kind of uh, violence. Yeah, know? exactly. Dominic uh, actually has a really kind of frightening scene, or line where he says, hmm, gunshot. They can hear that a mile and a half away. So, bam, just like hits him with a knife. So. Right, right. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's probably, you know, what happens here anyway. Yeah. And you, you, these, both of these guys are just awful human beings, you know. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we go to the engagement scene where uh, they're having dinner and Becky is uh, told that uh, his, her father is going to get engaged to his girlfriend here and they're going to, you know, the, the whole, all four of them are going to be a family. Well, she gets upset and runs into the woods um, with one of her dogs. They have two dogs. Yeah, they well. have Diego, who she runs with. Mm-hmm. Diego's like the dog that's like her. Yeah. You know, just very, very mean <laughs> until you get to know him. And then, and then Dora yeah. was the, the a friendly dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought this was, I don't know what they're trying to say here. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really either. interesting. Well, uh, well, we'll get to that when, when here, we find out what happens to Dora. Well, here's, here's one of my issues is, you know, there's no like, and I use the word continuity a lot. There's no continuity of of a, a man that's madly in love with his wife that has a wonderful. Well, she was a wonderful daughter, um, loses her to cancer, and this is all within a year's period. I know of yeah. of, of having you know, I mean, a, losing a wife, yeah, and meeting somebody, and then getting married, like all within a year's period. And yeah. maybe maybe that's just a personal preference for me, or or maybe that's my hang up about it. I think right. this. I think this sort of stuff happens, and I don't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, judge someone for. Uh, I know. I know a person who that happened to. This exact situation happened to, and you know, uh, the, his wife died of cancer. Yeah, yeah. And within a year, he's uh, engaged this other woman. Well, 
I think you look, maybe, maybe he was looking to fill that void and, you know, he'd been married for, I don't know, 30 years or something like that. So, uh, I can't, I don't, I wouldn't fault the character for that. And I wouldn't fault the person in real life for that. And I I don't think it's, I don't, I totally don't think it's unrealistic at all. I I think it's completely unrealistic. And I think you can have a lot of love for someone who dies like that and move on. And I don't think I don't think you, you need to. Uh, there, there, I don't think there's necessarily a timeline for that sort of thing. Okay, well maybe so. it's just like my my hang up about the whole situation. So right. th- it was just one of my issues, and maybe in it, it it's not going to affect my score. Yeah, but it's just one of the problems that I had with it. Sure, I don't have a problem with that at all. I I, I could see that happening. I think that does happen, and I think uh, until you lose someone like that, you really don't know how you feel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so uh, I think I, it doesn't mean that he didn't love his uh, ex-wife. Although I think you know Becky feels the same way you do about this. Mm-hmm. It's too soon for her, right. you know, and she's upset about this because uh, because because of that, she feels it's disrespectful to her mother, right? Who she was very close to, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she runs out into the woods. And uh, then there is a uh, the doorbell rings, and uh, it's it's Dominic, and he says he, he's a guy he's got a hat on because he's got this huge swastika tattoo on the back of his head, and uh, so he's got this a black hat from the uh, from the Department of Corrections on. Uh, it, it's just a black hat; it doesn't say DOC on it, but it, but it's uh, one of those guys' hats, right? I think, or was it the guy who he killed, whose kids he killed? I don't think he had it. I think it was one of the uh, one of the Department prison guards. Yeah, prison guards. So he's got this black hat on, and he says he's looking for his dog. And they let him in, um, and uh, they're talking, and he he the, he sees one of the cane, the the family has two cane corsos. Dora and Dora and uh, Diego are cane corsos, yeah, which are like Roman war dogs. And he uh, he talks about. How he has a Rottweiler, mm-hmm. and how um, he, he gives this really, really nasty speech about how um, you know if you if you interbreed Rottweilers with different breeds, you get the worst of uh, of uh, both breeds. So you never d- want to do that. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you know the subtext is quite clear to both uh, racism. Yeah, totally. Yeah, basically, you know, no basically mixing, the, race mixing is yeah, what he's talking about. Yeah, it's disgusting. Ba- you know? Basically, the the disgusting. Preachings of neo Nazis. Exactly. So that's what that's, that's what exactly what he's doing. He's, he's t- uh, giving this disgusting speech about uh, race mixing. The pretext is completely clear to Dominic and Kayla, mm-hmm. and they, they at that point want him gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then, um, let's see what what the, the, he has Apex come in, mm-hmm. or, or or what is yeah he has Apex come in. And they, they basically take them they take them hostage. Yeah, and the other two. Um, so it's it's uh, you know uh, uh, what is her name again? Uh, Kayla. Kayla Kayla's Kayla's daughter or Kayla's son Ty, and then Jeff. Yes, and then Jeff are uh, they have them on this couch. Right. So. Yeah. Then uh, well, you got Cole and Hammond. They're outside looking around. They're stirring around. But yes, and then Apex tells. Um, tells Kayla and her son to leave yeah he says get out of here mm-hmm. so he shows some some kind of you know uh, sympathy towards them right. right and I'm thinking oh god is this guy gonna this guy killed two children he can't be sympathetic we're not gonna be we're not gonna be okay with this guy <laughs> like she better kill this guy you yeah. know <laughs> and, uh, and that's what I'm thinking this whole time I'm like boy these guys are awful 
I hope they get they get theirs at the end of this movie. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy seeing this. So uh, uh, Kayla and her son go out with um, Dora. It is right. Well, Dora comes after. Like, yeah. Like just. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Dora comes chasing after him. Yeah. Not not in a mean right. way because Ty's been feeding Dora from the table and that's right you know they, they've right. got kind of their little relationship go oh this this kid feeds me right so they're out walking in the woods trying to find the neighbors to get some help mm-hmm. and uh hammond and cole are out there and see them and then uh dora comes running uh at at cole i think mm-hmm. or he thinks he it thinks she is thinks she is yeah i think she's running towards um ty probably yeah just because he had food yeah and uh cole shoots him yeah her, like her, her. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, like five, like six, six shots at this at this poor dog. Which, and, yeah, that upset me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I never like third movie. I know with the dying animal a with a dog death. I don't know or a dying animal. <laughs> but at least this guy gets it for yeah. it, man. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I guess that's why I could take it. If you kill a dog, you got to die bad, and this guy gets it well, later. And Becky also <laughs> saw this from from her clubhouse, which is kind of an integral part of right. at least the this part of the movie. You know, this is her like escape. So she sees this and um, actually Kayla, thinking on her feet really quick, says, uh, oh, yeah, uh, that was Becky. Yeah, right. Because um, does, is Ty says something about uh, where's Becky, I think. Right. Something like that. Yeah. And Dominic. Yeah. So Dominic or, or the Cole and Hammond come back and it's like, oh, yeah, I killed Becky. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. found out that that was the daughter. And yeah. he's like, OK. Yeah. So uh, that's right, because uh, they're wondering. Uh, yes. Kevin James previously had found a notebook and a cell phone that had Becky in it and uh, it had Becky on the back and like it bedazzled or something like that. Yeah, she that was, yeah. Front. And then found out it wasn't the dog. And yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, Joel, uh, I can't remember his name now. Jeff, um, Jeff uh, had lied to him and said she was in Atlanta with her mom. Yes. And, um, and so they're they're looking around. He doesn't really believe him, but he does. And uh, but he doesn't really he doesn't have any evidence that there's this girl anywhere. So uh, he he comes, she comes back in, and and then uh, says this, and they come back in with uh, um, Ty and and uh, Kayla, and they say that yes, that they've shot Becky. Je- Jeff stands up because he's like outraged, thinking they shot his daughter, and she says yes, the dog. Yeah, it's you like know. you know she was a good dog or right, something like right. that. <laughs> so. And then Jeff's so, so relieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff actually, they take uh, what Jeff outside. To where the fire pit is right. to use him as bait. Right. Um, well, the, for, first they they haven't. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, that is what they do. Because, well, they, well, no. This is the scene where she she comes in the house and grabs the walkie-talkie. Oh, that's right. Which and, is very endemic of like Rambo. And so I love it when the and and Die Hard for that matter. I love it when the good guy talks the taunts the bad guy on, yep. on their walkie talkie. Because while she grabs that, that uh, Dominic's downstairs in the basement looking for this thing. Yeah, looking because he okay. knows exactly where this yeah. key is. Yep. So there's a key he's looking for, and that's why he's come to this house. This part, <laughs> this part, I guess, is a little bothersome, and it's pretty lazy writing. I don't know what. I'm not sure if. This is some part of like neo-Nazi lore or something like that, where there's a key that somehow 
separates the races or something like that. You don't I, I don't know find what out. he's trying to do here, but he's got this key, which he thinks is going to uh, somehow fix all of the problems he has with uh, with the different races. Right. Well, and he mentions that too. Yeah, and he does he does say that, but he never really explains what it's going to do or what what it's for. And that and that's a bit of a bit lazy writing, I think. You know, it, it was there's this uh, what do you call that MacGuffin. In this key, which is the thing, you know, it's an object just to get the plot along. Or whatever. Is that the, the triangle is. thing? No, a MacGuffin, the... is, a MacGuffin is a plot device. Oh, I okay. Where, where you have this object that doesn't really do anything, but all the characters are fighting for it. Oh, I so, see. <laughs> so, um, well, that's what they were. Yeah, this is a total MacGuffin. So, uh, this key, it really doesn't do anything um, except Dominic really wants it, and it somehow, you, you know, it furthers his neo-Nazi goals somehow. Yeah. So um, he does not find this in this tin and he sees all these drawings all over the place like a little girl's been playing down there. Mm -hmm. And it turns out Becky does have this thing. Yep. And she has it in her clubhouse. She has it in her clubhouse. Exactly. So she goes back to the house and after she sees the the dog die, uh, goes in there and steals one of the walkie talkies. um, And uh, and she uh, she taunts them mm-hmm. she says she's over at the neighbor's house she's uh called the cops called the cops and all this well dominic figures out that the it's a child's toy it's not gonna it, its the, range is at the max like a mile yeah and the the, the closest uh, neighbors are they like a mile, mile and a half yeah mm-hmm. so that's when he brings jeff outside because becky's now taunted him revealed herself to him mm-hmm. and uh then he, yeah, he he heats up a fire poker. I think he gives some kind of racist speech here to uh, to to Joel, to Jeff while he's while he's. Well, yeah, he talked about he talked he talked about oh, I've never had kids. I've mm-hmm. always taken in strays, and they needed to prove their love for me. That was it. Yep. Um, I love the cinematography on this part too because the conversation between Becky and Dominic is that it's back and forth, and then as as it culminates, it's like they're face to face, but they're in two different parts of the woods. Right. So yep. I I thought that was pretty cool, but they're both yeah. talking on the you know just almost looking at each other, yeah, but so, they're uh, separated by the woods. Yeah, that was great cinematography. I really like the way they uh, put that scene together too. And then man, Jeff gets it. Uh, he gets a hot poker to the face, yep. and then he gets a hot poker to his gut and just sticks in there right right um doesn't he end up like just like able to fight him fight his way out and then um starts running away or or, or oh, well, oh, she th- said, becky says she'll bring back the key when she hears jeff being tortured uh, yeah, yeah. And they, but then jeff says run or something yeah. like that jeff says run and so he starts running and then uh dominic shoots him in the back in the like back right through his heart yeah yeah it was definitely on the left side through the heart I noticed that. I was like, well, maybe he'll, maybe he's still alive. Yeah, you no. may have thought the shoulder. Maybe he's going to make a comeback. That's what he, I thought he, too, but he, no, he he's does. dead. Nope, sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> Joe McHale is, uh, is gone. <laughs> so uh, Dominic catches her and, and like body slams her. Uh-huh. Is this the scene where he body slams her? Is that, uh, no, that's later. Oh, that's later, but yeah, she's this, this uh, he, he, uh, he demands a key, which she has, and then she stabs it into his eye, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> And then she runs away with uh, with Diego. I, I, yeah, I think the only re- well, I think she keeps Diego back there. I think there was yeah. only kind of kind of one funny scene, and that was yeah. it, where he yeah. gets his eyeball out. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, this was kind of funny. So he goes, in, his eye is dangling out of his socket, and uh, he wants uh, um, 
Colin Hammond to help. Okay, Hammond is the one who he was trying to help him. Yeah, he's like, enjoy your snack over there. Like, and, he's, and he's like, oh my gosh, because yeah. he realizes his eyeball is hanging out of yeah, his so head. He's, he's like, like get, just get, cut it off. Just cut it off. So he gets this scissors. scissors. And they're kids' scissors. But it's like a safety scissors for child's crafts or something. He's trying to cut the... <laughs> he's like, ow! Oh, you know, so because funny. I can't cut anything. Yeah, I can't cut anything. Just so grabs a knife That was actually pretty snap. funny. Yeah, that was funny. He cuts it off with a... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I called so, him one-eyed Kevin James. Yep. Um, <laughs> so he he, uh, he sends Colin Hammond out to find her, and uh, he and Apex uh, keep an eye on on Kayla, Ty, and uh, while Jeff's dead now, so they just have them sitting on the couch. Yeah, they actually because uh, Cole actually chased Becky back to the clubhouse, you know, and uh, Diego the dog is still there. Yeah. Um. So there was there was something like. Um, you know, she sees something. She sees the painting that her mom did before she had passed away. And then she gets this kind of like, you know, it, it starts the Rambo montage. Right. <laughs> you know, she puts on this this fox or is it a chipmunk? It's like it, a fox dad, hat. Okay, it's so a fox hat. Yeah. Fox hat. Like a fox hat. Um, grabs a few things. This is a predator. I think it's supposed to oh, be. Oh, I see. You know, like an innocent looking predator. Yes, it's, it's, is that the symbolism looking, of this? It's a cute, innocent, uh, vicious predator. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So, so she breaks, she finds a ruler. She breaks it to where it's like a spear. Yes. Um, well, Cole shows up at her at her clubhouse, and he's he's, also, to, he's out there talking to her, and he's being all nice and well, stuff. He's and, trying to compromise with her. Just yeah. give me the key. I will leave you alone. Say right. that you know you're taken care right. of, and we're going to leave. That's all we need is the key. <laughs> and at first, she's kind of thinking that. And then I she don't goes, think she's thinking that. I think I, I, think, I think I think I think we're supposed to believe that we're like no, don't don't go with this guy. Like that's what we're supposed to. Well, think. the musical interlude told me otherwise because <laughs> yeah. it told me like she's you know she's thinking and she's looking around and she doesn't know, but then and she looks at that picture of her mom. Her mom. Okay, you're right. It's like, boom, boom. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, let's put on the fox hat because that's my safety net. <laughs> I'm going to break off a... <laughs> she breaks off a uh, one of these rulers. wooden rulers we all had in school. If Sharp. You're... <laughs> you know, it looks like a steak. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> then she so, gets up on top of her clubhouse and there's like a... Uh, throws a Canadian quarter out there. Right. Oh, there's there it is. <laughs> yep. So yep. as he runs and he's like, oh, hey, good throw. She gets on a zip line. <laughs> zip line. <laughs> and... and Zip lines down to him and stabs him through the throat repeatedly. It's just awesome. Stabs him in the chest a couple of times and then yep. puts it back into his neck and just stomps on yes. it. It's, it's sticking out. It's like impaled through his neck. All the way through, just spurting blood. Just great. It, it was a great, great kill and very satisfying. Oh, yeah. Not the greatest kill. Those are yet to come, but it's a pretty good kill. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I that that was kind of fun. Um, we go back to the house, and uh, you know, Apex is being very sympathetic towards Kayla and Ty, right? About you know, letting them go, and and you know, they're not a part of this, right? And Dominic hears this, and and you know, it was okay. The dialogue, the the conversation between Apex and Dominic. Yeah, well, Dominic is is uh, realizing that that Apex is soft, and uh, he basically, I don't know, he, he gives him a gun and says, "Shoot me if yeah, you're not put, with me." Puts it up to his chest and say, "Just yeah. pull the trigger, man. Yeah. Just pull the trigger, son." Yeah. You know, keeps I mean, calling him not, son. Yeah, and it's, it's not the it's not the most powerful scene or anything like that. No. But basically, basically, he's uh, obviously got kind of control over this guy, and uh, and this guy is not going to you know 
I don't know, whatever this guy, whatever feelings this guy has, they're they're going to be stomped out by Dominic. Isn't this the first time he brings up the kids? Where, where he says, you know, I, he, he I couldn't do that, where it really bothered him. It did. It did. It obviously bothered him to have to kill the kids, but he did kill the kids. He did. Absolutely. <laughs> he did. There, I'm not he saying that's the right, but, but he says he feels bad for it. Sure, he like feels he bad. Oh, I feel real bad about that. You know, and that's what I, my problem was. I'm like, what is this guy, sympathetic now? Yeah, yeah, he feels no. bad that he killed the kids, so he's going to be the, uh, like, lesson that we it, learn. Yeah, in, why, in why didn't you here? say, no, I'm not going to kill it, kids? It, it, <laughs> that might have been a good idea. That might have been a good time to, you know, turn on your uh, sympathy. But uh, so he sends. Um, so so Hammond is still looking for uh, for Becky, right? And he comes across Cole's body this, at that point. Uh, there was a where like uh, uh, one of the radios was thrown back up on the deck because it almost seemed like uh, Dominic was going to kill Kayla at that time or the son. But here's something drop on the deck. It, it was Becky that had thrown a radio yes, up there. That's right. Um, this is another Rambo montage. It kind of is, yeah. She goes to the deck where the where the lake is, and she sees some like she pulls up some boards. Yes, and then she puts a trip wire there. Right. So um, she yeah. runs and and gets Hammond to chase her. Right. So Hammond trips on the trip wire <laughs> and lands on this exposed board and the nails into his chest. That's right. Awesome. And then she takes another awesome. exposed one with the nails and it starts beating the hell out yep. of his head yep and uh and he does uh is able to fight back somehow um but falls in the water yeah and he falls in the water <laughs> and he can't swim no. and i thought well let him you know let him drown but no becky goes no. one step further you think you think becky's gonna get away yeah nope, she she fires up the boat she backs it up on this yes. guy with the propeller puts it into reverse it's a propeller kill <laughs> propeller kills this guy which is another great kill i loved it it was so sad Satisfying. So it was. It was awesome. And, um, it shredded him in the no, water, and it, it looked did. like a scene from Jaws or something. It, it, it was just great, it, and it was CG though. <laughs> well, sure it was, but it was still great. I, I loved it. Apex finds Becky. Um, yeah. Diego gets out, and and um, man, Diego gets the short end of this because he gets punched. He does really hard in the face by Apex. Yeah, and then oh my gosh. Uh, Apex rears back with Becky on the ground and punches her right in the chest. Right. Yeah, and that's so, kind of where that's where she gets like body slammed, right? No, no, Kevin that's James, later. That's at yeah, night later yeah. on your right. No, he just rears back and it's like yeah. okay, so he, he punched her in the chest. Right? Yeah, that's right. So you, like you said before, you feel bad for this guy because he feels bad for killing kids. Yeah, no, right? no, he just reared back and yeah, punched. He did. He just punched a child too, and that was another like this whole time. I'm thinking this guy, this guy is going to be like some sort of morality story about forgiveness or something. He's going to convince her that. That he she doesn't want to kill him, you know. I'm like, what's going on here? Really I'm like, this guy needs some killing. But then so. he does something right after that. It's like, you know what? I'm just done with this. I'm leaving because he, he runs away. He does, and he, and he tells her to go to flee. So yeah. he tells her to get away. So um, Becky comes back to the house, uh, and Kayla, you know, uh, does ask Dominic about what the key's purpose is at this point, and gets like kind of half an answer, uh, but. Becky sets off the car alarm and uh, uh, Dominic ends up going outside mm-hmm. and Kayla like kind of sneaks away at that point. Well, yeah, yeah. Her, she, she and uh, Ty, they, he gets rid of the, uh, the duct tape that they're wrapped up right. or bound in yeah. just to get away from the place. Yeah, exactly. And go hide somewhere. Uh, 
here we go. Uh, Becky's like Rambo. Uh, she's making the car alarm go off. Um, Diego is actually in the van. Yep. You think that Becky's in there. She's not. Right. Uh, Diego bites Dominic's arm. He gets the better of the dog, slams his head into the... And again, Diego gets destroyed in yeah, right here. Well, this is a King Corso, man. They're badass dogs. Yeah, he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He doesn't die. Okay, and that was great. Um, <laughs> yep. Becky happens to be in... Another car. The car that, that was stolen and runs over... Is it the car that was stolen, or was it... Uh, I think Kayla's. it was Kayla's car. Okay, well, yeah, yeah either or. This I is mean, Kayla's car, yeah. It, and he gets run over. He, he gets totally jacked over. up. Yes. So, uh, you know, there's kind of a cat and mouse game. They they culminate by a fire. Um, Becky finds gasoline, and then she pulls out a super soaker, yeah. and you're like, oh, I know what's going to yes. happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uses a super soaker like a flamethrower to start, <laughs> to start Dominic on fire, which is... Pretty awesome. I think that's in the Red Band trailer. <laughs> I think too. it. I think it is. It's pretty great. Uh, so um, yeah, and then uh, she ends up. Um, let's see. Apex comes back. Well, no, this is this is the fight between Becky and Dominic because this is where she gets yeah. body like a full that's WWE body slam. Body slam she right gets there. a full WWE body slam. Yes, and it's it was it was a little brutal. I was like, whoa, really? I know. I, <laughs> Obviously, they didn't have Lulu Wilson get yeah. body slammed like it that. I'm sure it's a stunt, stunt person. But, it felt, but it, it felt, was it was a little shocking to see. Felt uncomfortable. It was. Her. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect that. And so. Big Man Apex comes to yeah. the rescue. Big Man Apex comes. He's big hero. You know, it's like oh. What a a hero we have here. You know, he's going to be the, you know, he's going to redeem himself here for killing children. I don't think so. No, No, but then we get Becky who gets on a lawnmower. Yes, Becky gets on a lawnmower and drives over Dominic's face. It stays there. (laughs) Yes, and she does. Half of his face is missing. Her brain's exposed. It's a a great practical effect. That was really good. It was like a dissection, like, uh, you know, the invisible man you had when you were a kid. It was like that. That was a sharp blade. <laughs> it was. It was. It was an awesome death for a terrible individual. She she picks up the gun and, and a couple of times during well, the movie she let out this like primal scream. Yeah. Well, she doesn't pick up the gun yet, but Dominic Dominic has a speech for her. He's like he's you know he's he's going to have his moment with her where he makes peace and rides off into the sunset. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's he's like you know. Uh, I feel so terrible about killing these children or whatever. And uh, so maybe by saving you, I can regain. And that's at the point. Becky Are you picks talking up about gun. Apex? Yeah. Okay. I'm talking about Apex. <laughs> He's like, maybe I can regain something by saving you. And she, she doesn't even listen to half his speech. She just shoots him right in the head. <laughs> right in and the it's fam. like, yes. <laughs> yes. This about guy, it, it was. I was like, this guy is no hero. And that, that got an extra half star from me because of that. Yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's uh, you know and there he I think he's trying to tell her about like how killing people like changes you and all this stuff and you know all that. Well, whatever whatever lesson that was is, is you know he, he's he's gotten what he deserves basically. It's called teenage angst. <laughs> right. so, she was not listening to you. No, exactly. And uh, so Becky uh, ends up uh, going to Kayla and Ty. Uh, and Diego comes out, and they wait for the police. Yeah, that was kind of a nice moment. Uh, we wrap up the movie right where we started. Um, Becky's in the police station uh, saying a little bit more, and then talks about, well, they had mentioned something about a Canadian coin. Right. <laughs> right. And that's not what they were looking for. <laughs> no, that isn't what they she were looking for. She the still key, has the key, yeah. And she's eating her gummy worms that she stole, stole earlier in that's the movie. That's right. <laughs> 
I love wow. this movie. This was wow. a great movie. I enjoyed. Can you explain every that ending to me? What was the point? I don't, I don't know what the point with the uh, sheriff and, and stuff was. I think it. Uh, I I really don't know if we we're supposed to think that Becky is a cold blood murderer or what what the deal is. Yeah, there, I I didn't get that. How like how did she become awesome? I know that Kayla at one point in the movie says that she's. Um, yeah, Kayla says that she's, she's like manipulative and, and vindictive. Uh, vindictive, yes. yeah, or strong-willed and vindictive. Strong-willed and vindictive, and I think she tells them. She warns them. She's like, "You've really messed with the wrong teenager here." Yeah. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know, what was she? I, I guess that would be my big question. Now, now, I'm thinking about the key. If it's if it's supposed to be completely, you know, nothing, maybe it's just about power. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just power. I mean, yeah. just like like. Wield wielding power, maybe could be hypothetically. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what they were trying to say about the key. The key that was one pretty weak part of the plot. I yeah. mean, that was the weakest part of the plot. And you know, maybe they'd gone into detail about explaining it and been worse. So maybe we should be thankful for what we get here. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, I think we covered it. We're at yeah. uh, fifty-one minutes. Um, okay. <laughs> let's see. Uh, how are you feeling about Becky from twenty twenty? I loved Becky. I think Kevin James. I think all the actors in this did a great job. Uh, it was interesting to see. It was really interesting to see Joel McHale and uh, um, Kevin James in roles like this. Despite whatever, whatever I don't know. People on the internet are really dismissive about this, but I thought they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. A- and. Uh, it was a. It harkens back to those '80s revenge movies like uh, Death Wish and Rambo, where you have this badass who's coming for really bad people and giving them what they deserve. Yeah. You know, and and I love those kind of movies, and you don't see that a lot anymore. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe we do need some lessons about forgiveness and stuff like that. Maybe that's you know that's that's fine to watch once in a while. But it was nice to see a good revenge movie where very satisfying ending to some very bad people. Oh yeah, and uh, and I'm gonna give this four stars. Holy whoa! <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, um, I loved I, it. I've talked about my problems with the movie. I mean, I I don't understand the key. I think we're both on the same page with that. Uh, okay, I get teenage angst. I just couldn't separate myself enough from someone being that awesome at 13. I could imagine her. Being that awesome at 20 or 21, you know, 13 year old girl going through grief, you know, and and that grief being turned into some sort of I don't want to say superpower, but like super right will, I guess. Um, I just I had a hard time looking past that. Uh, I thought the characters were off. I thought she did a fantastic. Oh, yeah. Every single person in this movie had a part. I agree. You know, I think the Hammond character, it, even though he was a throwaway character, yeah, he was still, it, it, it added to it because it added a great scene of gore. Same with Cole, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and it all kind of, it, it's not, it's, it wasn't disjointed like, like Satanic Panic was. I mean, no, everything no, no. kind of fell into place. Um, I was sitting like at a 2.5, but I'm actually at a three because it was a lot, it was fun to watch. I, it was very fun to watch. I, that's what I'm looking for in a movie, you know? Yeah, and I had Karina with me, and she watched it all the way through, but she had to cover her eyes on the gore parts because she doesn't like that, but she sure. was actually really entertained by it. I, I, I found it to be a very, very entertaining and satisfying movie. Yeah, so I'll sit at a three and say, 
it's a good movie. Yep. All right. Are you I saying it's classic? a good movie? Uh, no, it's not a classic. <laughs> Definitely not a classic, but it's it's good, and uh, it's the kind of movie I really enjoy. It might. This sounds like one of those movies that might make your top five at the end of the year. I might. That might. I mean, we'll see what else comes very out. Very many new movies. So <laughs> no, that's that true. might be number one. This might be it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of new movies. Yeah. Exactly. Next, next week. Next week, the hunt. We'll be talking about the very polarizing. The hunt. I mean, I guess the big controversy was is uh, it was what making fun of. Well, it's uh, apparently it's uh, like liberal elites hunting conservatives. <laughs> so oh. we'll see how it goes. I mean, I want like I said, I, I think everybody knows I'm I tend towards the conservative side, and uh, I you know I I really think that that whole outrage was overblown, and I guess we'll see. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I what we think next week. You bet. And then uh, we're going to wrap up the month of June with an Academy Award winner, which was very wonderful to see. Parasite. Andy has not seen it. I have seen it. And I'm I'm hoping that you enjoy it. We're going to bring a special guest in, uh, Justin from Straight Chillin' Podcast. But, man, we're uh, we're lined up for some really, really good movies coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Everybody have a really nice weekend. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week.